Welcome to Brackets, Bubbles, and Bid Stealers. I am Sam Federman with Jonathan Lidskin. Finally! It's been like a month. The return. It's been like a month since we've been able to do this, just the two of us. Yeah. We've had some conflicts. Stuff a going lot on, of, but we're back. A lot of basketball coming up over the next month for me. I'll be at 47 or so games by the time I go back to school. Uh, by the way, I apologize for flipping out, but like, hold on pick I, i'm in a like really close fantasy game right now I, if that stands as a pick i just won the, did you win the league or something no i'm in the quarterfinals so the so this this league this is Excellent. like you got basketball to talk about okay fine <laughs> the people watching this do not care about your fantasy team they care about college basketball they might who knows they might they might but so today we both released our t- first top 25s of the season. I did not release mine, but I have mine. I'm going to release mine in the morning. We will be discussing our top 25s. Yes. All right. So I had Purdue at number one. Who did you have at number one? Your Yukon Huskies. Now, why do you have Yukon at number one? Just watching them. I think they are playing the crispest basketball of anyone in the country right now. Most crisp. That's that's the word I'm looking for. Um, talented all over the floor. They have guys that will be future pros. Newton's an All-American. He's taken a jump that I didn't think he possibly could have. Like, And they're really, really well coached. Like The rest of the teams who are in the top five and top ten are too. But this team should probably be the favorite right now in my eyes to win it all. I don't really think Newton's doing like that much differently to what he was doing last year. Do you just think it's at a higher volume? Yeah. It's just like, he's, he's always been able to do this. It's just like, I didn't think he could sustain it at this level being the number one matchup. Do you remember? he um... He was always getting to the basket. He was always torching anyone going under ball screens. It's just that he's now doing that to another level. Do you remember last year in the summer when, or in the fall maybe, when there were like reports that he was like having a tough time like adjusting and like to to a higher level? Yeah. And I said, I sent you it and I said, someone has to be the next Devontae Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, was that a bad take. Hey, the next Devontae Jones. Has always been and will always be Andre Curbelo. Yes. We, it was right in front of us the entire time. Maybe the real Andre Curbelo was the friends we made along the way. Oh, God. We're pulling that line out 415 in. I think he I think he earns it more so than anybody in this entire country. Yeah. I mean, with all the destinations he's been to, Connor Van Over, Connor Van Over could absolutely be that, too. What did you say? Connor Vanover could absolutely be that, too. Oh, yeah. Um, my number one team is Purdue. Um, best resume so far. Best player in the country. Um, you and, and I guards, agree that there's like that like any there's four teams that could be number one. The guards right. have taken their game to another level, just like UConn only lost. It's a four-point road loss to a good team on December 1st in the 9 p.m. time slot. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, aside from those two hours, those are 
those two teams have basically been undefeated and, and unblemished. And um, Purdue's last Purdue's got four wins against top ten Ken Palm teams. I don't think Alabama is close to a top ten team, but I have to push that kind of narrative here in this Purdue sense that we're now looking at a Fletcher lawyer who's shooting thirty nine percent from three, um, and a and a Braden Smith who's shooting forty eight percent from three with a thirty eight percent assist rate. These two are really, really good. Mason Gillis is shooting. He's rebounding. He's doing everything they need him to do. Lance Jones has been great. I've not been super impressed with TKR, but like they they don't they don't really have a fit for him. And like Miles Colvin hasn't even needed to be what I thought he needed to be for this team to be number one. And here they are. Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer have just taken an, another step, and they're studs. Yeah, I said the addition of Lance Jones over the summer would be one of the more important additions in the transfer portal, and I still stand by that. What he does defensively for them is really key. He gives them a level of athleticism and speed that they didn't have last year, and he really helps them when teams are pressuring them because they'll go handle the ball. You can get by guys. It's just a very deep team. They have a lot of options, and they obviously have the best player in the country to go, go with that who – constantly get slandered by people for god knows what reason for being large and good at basketball if you can't understand that zach ed is more than just a seven foot four player like you really need to like look at yourself in the mirror and like figure out like how to like grasp this sport how to watch basketball like Yes. I saw this tweet. I saw this video by um, a guy on Twitter who I have, at this point in time, minimal respect for. <laughs> that was basically claiming that Edie is unfairly refereed because Purdue takes more free throws than their opponents. Yeah. Not, like, not because Zach's 7-4 and he... They th- and he's at a really high usage in the paint, whereas other teams shoot a lot of threes against them because you can't take it in the paint against him because you'll block your shot. Yeah, that's 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 obviously mm-hmm. um, because Zach Eady's unfairly refereed. Like free throws are something that you can point to in like individual games at times to like. No, you can almost never point to it. But like, yeah, there it's it goes so much deeper than like, oh, like free throws should be even. No, they should not be even. If they're even, that doesn't mean anything. It just kind of means that the two teams are playing the same way. Mm-hmm. And nobody plays like Purdue. Nobody, ha- nobody has a seven-footer. Like, if if like, if like the free throw discrepancy... Like, there was a game a couple weeks ago. I forget what it was. But the free throws were, like, high 40s to, like, 6 or something like, like that. Like, that's a legitimate gripe. Because, like, shooting 40 more free throws than... Then another team or 30 more free throws, that is a legitimate gripe in one game. But it's like, wild, but you do have to watch the game. If you are shooting 10 more free throws than some than another team, like this is more than just like, oh yeah, the refs are calling fouls for one team. Okay. Um, who did you have at number two? The Cougars of Houston. Okay. I had Houston at number three. I had UConn at number two. You had doubts about Houston this offseason when it came to how LJ Cryer would fit. Mm-hmm. He's taken 98 threes. He's made 39 of them. 
He's yeah. taken 25 free throws. He's made 24 of them. He has been one of the most efficient players in the country. He is 52nd nationally in offensive rating. He has four Ken Palm game MVPs. It doesn't matter that he's not a great defender because he's playing solid enough team defense, and Houston is the number one defense in the country. Yeah, and, like, Houston, like, can even figure out ways to, like, make it so, like, he doesn't get exposed and, like, hey, like, if you're going to be a 2.14 DBPR, like, that's good enough for Houston. Like, that's plenty good enough. But the offensive efficiency that he's been giving them, like, I thought he didn't play much defense at Baylor. So, like, I thought it was weird. Like, they obviously had to replace a couple pieces, a couple pieces that scored a lot of points for them. And obviously we knew Cryer was going to do that. But my question was, like, teams – were teams going to be able to expose him defensively to the point where, like, it decreased how good Houston was as a team? And so far he's played not just good enough defense, but, like, way above replacement level defense to just eliminate any doubts about that. I mean, I can't say he's been great defensively. I think he's been a solid team defender um, from watching him. But that win on the road against Xavier, I know Xavier has lost some some bad home games, but that win was really impressive. I thought it was – I thought they played complete basketball on the defensive end. They got the buckets they needed to. And Xavier, I think, is a little bit under – valued right now simply because they have those tough losses but they're not terrible i don't think um but houston's 11 no they're one of four unbeatens left it's houston ole miss oklahoma and james madison and houston has houston just beat texas a&m they, they they were killing them they were up 20 in the second half wade taylor played really well to bring it back he had 34 points i mean yeah, outside of, like outside of wade Outside of Wade Taylor, the rest of that team had 32 points. It was one of those things where it's like you're watching. It's like, what's Houston supposed to do? Like, the guy just, like, cannot miss right now, no matter where he shoots the ball from. Yeah, no, and I him. thought Houston should have – there's a good There's a good argument Houston should win that game by more based on how they played defense. Um, they, they bullied up and were even in the rebounding battle with, with that type of team. Jawan Roberts had 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 almost a triple double. Jawan Roberts this year, by the way, has a sixteen percent assist rate. Yeah. Um, Jamal Shedd is second in the country in assist rate behind Savion Lewis of Quinnipiac. They're once um, again an elite offensive rebounding team. Yeah, Houston is are. Houston is so good, and if they're number one come tournament time, I would not be surprised. Do you think this Houston team – would you say this Houston team is better than last year's Houston team? That's an interesting question because I was so convinced that last year's Houston team was going to win the national championship. Yeah, they just unfortunately, like, got into a game where the other team made all their threes and all their shots. And when a team – when you're a team like Houston that plays as slow as you do, like, it's tough to come, come back for those types of deficits. But college basketball is objectively – I think significantly better this year, especially at the top. I agree. There's and I would say, yeah, this Houston team is just as good as last year's. I thought Houston and UConn were like by the end by the end of last year, clearly the two best teams in the country. And like well above anyone else. But this Houston yeah. team, currently a four point adjusted efficiency margin 
edge on last year's. By wait, hold on. Oh yeah, shoot, you're right about that. I, um, Arizona. I, I thought they were closer to like a 29 last year. Arizona, we both have at number four. Uh, I have Purdue. Yeah, I have Purdue three, Arizona four. What do you? What have you seen from Arizona? Just a really athletic basketball team that is probably going to lose like no more than three or four games. And so, yeah, no, I think there's a damn good chance Arizona is the number one overall seed based simply off of the fact that they don't have any competition in that league. That league is terrible. The path to being a one seed will be very thin for them. Like if they can get through this week with Alabama and FAU, that's both. Those are both this week, right? Saturday's FAU, so yeah, both this. Yeah, week. yeah, both this week. So if they can get those through those two, like you have ro- a road trip at the end of the year to SoCal, which they're eight and nine point favorites in both of those games right now. I think more- both of those teams will be better at that point. Y- yeah, and your your um your mountain trip will be tough. That's Utah and Colorado. That's and those are and that's a really good Utah and Colorado team, by the way. But like we could be looking up, like. Start of February, and this team could be sitting at, I don't know, 18 and 1. 20 20 and 1 or something like that. um, Something like that. Like this this team could go on a run again. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. They could, they'll have 22 games played going into the mountain trip. What will be their record going into the mountain trip? I would bet, I would bet if you told me to choose. Um, I had to bet on Arizona. You said they played 22 games, right? Hold on. Into the mountain trip? 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. 22. If you made me bet on Arizona being either 21 and 1 or 19 and 3 going into that mountain trip, I'd bet 21 and 1. I would agree. I think they're going to be 20 and 2, though. That's what I'll go with. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll lose one game before that. So, they'll I mean, probably lose. Be, after this week. They're going to be probably double digit favorites in like every game except for maybe one or two. They'll probably lose one game. Um, they'll probably drop. They'll probably drop something somewhere. I, I don't know where. Mm-hmm. But they're like twenty five like, point favorites at home against Cal. Yeah, uh, and like. If like Caleb's going to continue to defend this way and he's not going to shoot you out of games, like this team's one of the best in the country. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ken Palm, by the way, 27 and four, 18 and two. Add the three wins from the Pac 12 tournament that they would most likely project 30 and four. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the easiest path to a one seed. I agree. Of anybody, but that means they also have the thinnest margin for error because that schedule. If they lose these two games to Alabama and FAU, they don't really have more chances for upwinds. Yeah, like you're if, you only have probably five, five quad one win, quad one opportunities in the regular season. But the they already season. have quad one wins against Duke, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. Right, but we're not a hundred percent sure that that that. Wisconsin win stays quad one. We're not. I think it will. We're not one hundred percent sure that that Michigan State win is going to be quad one. Again, I think it, it will. Even though I think it likely will be. And then Duke will stay. Duke is not going to be a 
non-top 75 team. So, All right. Number five, I think this is where the tier gap starts to break off. Who do you have at number five? Uh, Marquette. And I think you could argue that they're in the top tier as well. But I wouldn't. I also have Marquette. A um, little bit of a scare against St. Thomas. I mean, this team just doesn't really shoot like I thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Chase Ross has made an impact in a lot of different categories. Oso has been really good. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just missing an Omax. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure when it's gonna matter. Like, but at the same time, like they're one of the most efficient two point offenses in the entire country, and like they get a lot of really high percentage looks. Their bench, while it's not like super deep, is really really good. The kids they do play off the bench. Yeah, I mean Ross and Gold and, and Sean I mean, Jones. That that's a really good three. And I mean, I know Trey we didn't Lundin's really notice Lowry don't play very much. I know we really didn't notice how good Marquette was until like this point last year, but I feel a lot better about this Marquette team right now than I did at any point last year. I I would agree with that. And I, I think just, I felt that way the moment they beat Kansas. I just kind of thought last year that they were a little inex- inexperienced, like just, so, something was off about them last year. I couldn't really like grasp it the entire year, but like then it like maybe it just was that all along. They were a little inexperienced because they came out and lost to a really good veteran team in the tournament. Yeah, um, and and then we both had Kansas at six. I assume. Correct. Um, no depth. That story stays the same. Mm-hmm. But Kevin McCullough and Hunter Dickinson are all Americans, and KJ Adams is the best defender maybe in all of college basketball. And mm-hmm. Dewan Harris is not quite as what I thought he would be. They need, yeah, he's playing bad for his standards. And I they need more um, in order to hit their ceiling from him. They need like- more. I mean, JF has been pretty solid when he's played, but he, he barely got run against Indiana and Mizzou. Like, I'd say, like, maybe Dewan is playing, like, too much for, like, his liking, but he played a lot last year. And, like, but they the thing is, like, they don't really even have the option to play him off ball at all. Like, he's going to be. Kevin McCullough as, like, a ball handler. Like, can McCullough be, like, the Shannon type? Yeah, but is that what you want for this team? He's not hitting threes off the dribble. No, yeah, he's more of a corner three guy. And he's like been a, he's been a really good shooter this year. So that that taxes Bill Self wing guard development late in the career. Yep. I'll tell you what, he's really good. He's really, really good at what he does. Yeah. Who else is next? Number seven, and I'm surprised. Real, real, quick, real quick before we move on, I want to. I wanted to ask you. Sorry, I was changing the channel on my TV. Uh, Kansas. What would they need to do, and is there anything they can do to move into like the top tier? 
Um, not this, not not before New Year's, really. But what would they have to have to do to get there? January thirteenth. Is that Houston on the road? Oklahoma at Allen Fieldhouse. I want to see them put Oklahoma in their place. Okay. Speaking of Oklahoma, I'm surprised that the AP poll sees the same way I do. Do you see the same way I do? Number seven. Number seven in the country. They are undefeated 10 and 0, led by Siena transfer JV and McCollum, and the number eight defense in all of college basketball, thanks to Otega Away, Sam Godwin, Milos Uzan, Jalen Moore. And a team that is going to throttle you in terms of three-point defense. Porter Moser is building this team not the same way that he built his Loyola teams. But defense-oriented, two-point offense. Yeah. And now they have that extra additional element of three-point defense and a shifty guard that allows them to play faster on the offensive end. This is... Rob, this is Porter Moser's best team that he's ever had. Ooh, that's that's a take. Um, I mean the 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 question would be: Is it this Oklahoma team, the Loyola team, to um, in twenty twenty one? Yeah, that Loyola team I, I was, was great, just gonna say: Can like, we get get that out of the way that like the Loyola team in twenty twenty one was better than the one in twenty eighteen? Objectively, it was. I mean, they were tenth in Ken Palm. I now. They were not 10th best team in the country. That, that's my thing, though. They were closer to, like, 16 or 17, probably. But, like, the reason they were number 10 was because – was, like, very justifiable. Like, they're always yes. more, always the most prepared team on the floor. They ran – Yeah, and, and that's like, the thing. This Oklahoma team is built in a similar mold of defense, two-point offense. Mm-hmm. And just the ability to control the lane and keep teams and restrict free-flowing ball movement. But offensively, they are so much better with better athletes and a shifty point guard that allows them to play fast. They were 342 in pace. Now they're 146. Yeah. I want to go back and watch the USC game because I don't remember what I was doing that night. But, like, I didn't get a chance to see it. And I wanted, like, my one concern with, with them would be, like, who are they going to late in the games? And, like, just looking at numbers and, like, watching them in blowouts, I would say probably Javion. But, like, this is a veteran group that has bought in. Like, Porter's still a great coach. And there's a reason, even after the last two years, he's been in my top 50. Yep. Just need, needed um... a reason to move him back up. He's going to find himself back in the top 15. Yeah. And depending on how the year goes, like could be longer. Do you think they they got the Jordan classic on the tomorrow or Wednesday? Wednesday. They play North Carolina. If they can go to Charlotte and win in an arena, that's going to be all UNC people. I will move them. We'll be talking top five. No, absolutely. And I don't think this is some 
what whatever that Arizona State team was, top five type. This is a legit team here to stay. I forgot about that team. <laughs> that, that, that team was top five, and like a month later, they were on the bubble. That is what Ole Miss is. But like, nobody thinks Ole Miss is that good. Yeah, but like nobody yeah. now like, like that's because that. they saw Arizona State. What is Ole? Ole Miss is currently? Let's read some teams that Ole Miss is currently lower than in Ken Bob. Okay, o- you need, you do one, then I'll do one. Oklahoma State. Oh my God. Syracuse. Louisiana Tech. Appalachian State. Missouri. South Carolina. St. Joe's. Sticks in five St. Mary's. Indiana. Minnesota. UC Irvine. Central Florida, baby. And by the, by the way, and by the way, like Ole Miss would probably have to outperform their expectations in like three straight games for them to even like come close to jumping UC Irvine. Yeah. And anyway. Is this team gonna you know, lose like anytime soon? Spot in Ken Palm ahead of. Who, who they're one spotted in Ken Palm ahead of? Yep. VCU. No, no, no. Oh, VCU. wait, hold on. I have to refresh. McNeese? Yep. <laughs> Will Wade. Who is, by the way, one spot ahead of Will Wade's old team, VCU. And they are all ahead of LSU at 107. <laughs> um, This team isn't going to lose. Chattanooga the Why are we talking about Ole Miss? Like the... Oh, yeah, that's top 10. Te- no. There oh, by is, the way, though, we a top eight. 10 team, two of them, in my opinion, in that conference. Who do you have at number eight, Jonathan? The Blue Jays of Creighton. I have Creighton at number 10. And I wouldn't be mad at you for putting them at number eight, but I would like for you to defend this to all the people out there that think that Creighton is overrated because they lost two games to Mountain West teams. So I think, first of all, like, they're really reliant on threes. I mean, and they're like, they shoot threes well. They're 25th in the country in three-point percentage. They're ninth in the country in three-point distribution. And they're sixth in the country in three-point attempts to field goal attempts ratio. So from those numbers, you can tell two things. They rely on the three a lot, and they're very good at them. Now, threes are often difficult shots to make, even in this age of college basketball. So if a team comes out with a good game plan and defends them well, which both Colorado State and UNLV did against them, they're going to lose. And by a fair amount, because if you're not making threes, in Creighton's case, and you shoot them as much as they do, like, how else are you scoring? So, as the numbers indicate, 48 points against Colorado State, 64 points against UNLV. That will happen other times this year. This is a team that is going to have games where they look really, really bad because of their style. But I still believe that overwhelming majority of their games are going to look how they looked against Alabama on Saturday. And for that reason, I'm not knocking them for their two losses too much. All right. Do you know who I have at number eight? Is it the Tigers of Auburn? It is the Tigers of Auburn, the single most underrated team in the country at this current moment. I agree. I do not understand why so many people – 
do not believe that this Auburn team is as good as they are. What were they? They are today, like twenty third. They were not ranked. They weren't ranked. Nope. They lost a close game to Baylor on the first night of the season. They lost a close game to a really good Appalachian State team in a sold-out road environment in their first true road game. They've dumped St. Bonaventure, Virginia Tech, Indiana, and USC, including USC by 16. That's a fully healthy USC. They held Isaiah Collier to 13 points. He fouled out in 18 minutes. This Auburn team can play you slow. They can play you fast. They have an excellent defense anchored by the best rim protector maybe in all of college basketball in Janai Broom. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, arguably the best interior defender, probably not the best rim protector. Yeah, that's probably a better phrase. They have a point guard who makes shots in Aiden Holloway. They have a shooting guard who makes shots in Denver Jones. They have a small forward who at six foot seven is playing a position where he has a size advantage in Chad Baker Mazzara. They have Jalen Williams who provides excellent strength at the four. They have Chaney Johnson who is also providing excellent strength at the four. They have Trey Donaldson who has been excellent and they have Katie Johnson playing 40% of their minutes which is a role that really suits him. This is a deep, deep basketball team, the 10th deepest bench in the country. They are experienced as well. They have the fifth highest assist rate in the country. They are the number 14 offense. They play fast on offense. They can also take you into the library when they need to. They can play it slow. They can play it soft. But they can also get to the basket, draw fouls, get to the line, and hit their free throws. This is a team that has everything it takes to be one of the best in the country. They are thumping good teams like USC, like Virginia Tech, like St. Bonaventure. They beat Notre Dame by 25 in that second half. They beat UNC Asheville, a good team, by 25 on a neutral floor. They are killing solid basketball teams. They have Alabama State, Chattanooga, and Penn, and then they go to Bud Walton Arena. That place is going to be jumping as it always is, and they have a chance to make a real statement there. I don't know if they'll get the national respect that they deserve until pretty deep into the season. They don't face a Kentucky or a Tennessee until February 17th. Their SEC schedule is not that hard. They only have one Texas A&M, one Kentucky, one Tennessee. They do have Alabama twice, but I don't think Alabama's all that good. And they if you can get a split out of that, it's not the worst thing in the world. What'd you say? And if you can get a split out of that, it's not the worst thing. No, in the world. it's not bad. But if you can take two of the three from AM, Kentucky, and Tennessee, and a split against Alabama, a split against Mississippi State, and you probably win all but one of the rest of your games, you're you're 13 and five in the SEC. You're, um, that means you're 24 and seven. Mm-hmm. That probably gets you a top four seed. 
that that, that gets you a three seed if you if you make the conference final. Yeah, Maybe I think with Auburn, like one of the big knocks that I heard in the offseason about them was that their bench wasn't good. And let me just read you some of the offensive ratings from guys that come off their bench. Trey Donaldson, 121.8. Chad Baker-Mazzara, 133.1. Dylan Cardwell, 127.5. Uh, KD Johnson, 105, which is fine for him because he comes in and def- defends his butt off. And then Chaney Johnson, 95.4. Not a good offensive player at all, but he comes in and he rebounds. So the guys that come off their bench that are their like main pieces are really good. And the guys that come off their bench that are role players, they're also really good, but within their roles. Alabama, um, Auburn is right now the best team in the SEC. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I don't think it's a huge gap, but I do agree. Yeah, I don't think it's a huge gap either. In fact, I have Kentucky at number nine. I picked Auburn third, I think, in the SEC in the offseason. Who do you who do you have at number nine? Um, this, oh, I had, I had Auburn at nine. Who do you have at 10? This may surprise you. Cause I don't remember where you rank them. I have Illinois at 10. Okay. Okay. I have Illinois at 12. I just think this team does a really good job playing together. And they, they clearly have an identity playing through Terrence Shannon. They're really good on the defensive end. I think as well in terms of, um, being long and athletic and just, defending their butt off and Brad has done a good job so far. We'll come back to that in a few months though. Yeah. They're not a great three point shooting team, but they have guys that can hit threes. They have two, two guys that hit a ton of threes. So it's tough to, it's like, even if like they're not shooting the ball well, like, you know, those two can hit them and like they're deep. We knew they would be deep. So, so I think that's even with sincere Harris red shooting. Yeah. And I think one of the takeaways at that time was like it tells you how Brad feels about his team. And I think but the freshmen are solid. He, yeah, he's he's okay redshirting a guy that was supposed to be their sixth man, or at least many expected him to be. Um, Where do you have Kentucky? Is that who you have at nine or ten? Nine. I have Kentucky at 13. Okay. You want to talk about Kentucky? Yeah, sure. Super just... fast play. They, they're playing super fast. They're living with the three. John Calipari seems like he's finally embracing modern basketball. Um, they're fifth in the country in three-point percentage. Reed Shepard has been incredible. Dillingham is shooting the, the crap out of the ball. Reeves is shooting the crap out of the ball. They're playing through Mitchell in the high post and at the top of the key, and it's really working. Adu Sierra is maybe the best defensive wing in the country yeah i just the reason i care by the way might be the most improved and unsung player in the entirety of college basketball and i would just like to say that i freaking called that i think i had him on my breakout list he's awesome at um, least i'm pretty sure i did justin edwards is not doing anything and it doesn't matter but like, we kind of suspected that. Like I and like him, DJ I like him more really as an NBA good. player than I do as a college player. And neither is DJ Wagner, for what it's worth. I don't think he's been good. No, like their best freshmen have been the guys that we didn't think would be their best freshmen. It's been, tri- it's been Reed and Rob. And like even Bradshaw in like limited time has been better than I thought he would be. 
Oh no, Bradshaw has been awesome. And they also, they also, by the way, they got Ugana Kingsley back against North Carolina. He played ten minutes, scored a point, had three blocks. Yeah, thirty-five point two percent block rate. The reason they're at thirteen is like, like frankly, like I don't think some of this like three-point shooting stuff is like super sustainable. Like I don't think reach like. You're an idiot if you think Reed Shepard's going to shoot 57% the entire year. I think he's going to shoot 58% for the entire year. <laughs> like, Dillingham, 46%. Like, I think that probably comes down a little bit. Like, Reeves at Reeves at 42, that probably comes down a little bit. Yeah. And I think, like, they'll probably go, go through some a little bit of a rough patch when, like, they start working in, oh, you got a more, maybe... Is Zvonimir going to be eligible? Not going to lie. No idea. Like, because his his case isn't like a two-time transfer thing. <laughs> so, I like tried yeah. to read up on that, and it was a lot of complex language that I'm like. Yeah, anyway, moving forward, I have Tennessee at 11. I also have Tennessee at 11. I have Illinois at 12. Who did you have at 10? Creighton. Okay. I have Illinois at 12. Talk about the balls. I don't really want to. Do you want me to? Not really. Okay. We we should move a little quicker. We've been going on for a while. Okay. I'll just say I'll just say I think Tennessee's starting to figure things out. Ziegler had a really good game the other night against NC State. You said you were going to sleep before that game started, by the way. And I could not fall asleep. You write about Tennessee. You cannot fall asleep. This is true. Did you did you have the re did you have the coverage for that game? No. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I have FAU at thirteen. I think I might too. No, uh, I have FAU at twelve. Okay, just really good offensively. Um. Centered around a rim protector defensively. Um, they're, they're, I mean, they're 40th defensively. I mean, they're not bad. They're and good this, enough to win. They're good enough to like win a game. similar profile, a similar profile to Marquette last year. Mm-hmm. I, I really like them. Like, it's fine. Like, they're, they're experienced. Like, they lost a game at the beginning of the year that was a total fluke, and they lost to a really good Illinois team. Um, moving on. 14, they probably won't be able to get many stops against Arizona, but that's fine. 14, I have North Carolina. 14, I have, well, I have Kentucky at 13. 14, I have Baylor. I have What's Baylor it? at 18. Can we agree that, like, Baylor, like, being near the top five was, like, they, like a total sham? I couldn't say no to that based on the fact that they hadn't lost. And like they were legit, like a top five Ken Palm type team. Like, do we think? But it th- something like this was bound to happen. It's going to take them from the ranks of the unbeaten, from the ranks of the top five. I'm just glad it was Michigan State that did it, and not Duke. Like, do we think this team is like any different than last year? Like the numbers no. right now say they're better, but not by much. Not by much, and like. 
the only teams they're like also offense, unsustainable shooting, and the only teams with like an offensive pulse they have they, they have six players. Sorry, they have eight, nine players shooting over forty percent from three. Every player that has attempted a three, every player that has attempted a three for Wait, Baylor. JTT's at three threes this year. He's over 40%. And like any team. The only players that have not attempted a three for Baylor. Josh Ojinua and Eves Missy. And any team with an offensive pulse that they've played has like scored on them. Auburn had 82. Auburn had 82. Florida had 81. Michigan State had 88. Yeah. Um, it's a and I mean Oregon State had seventy two. Mm-hmm. They, they played some NAI or D two and they and they scored seventy. Yeah, yeah, I remember you texting me about that. Did I actually? Yeah. You 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 said like a little concerned with Baylor's defense or something like that. Let's see what did I say. C- congrats, you can get stop, stops against Seton Hall. If you couldn't, like you yeah. did Mizzou level back. So can I? <laughs> I could put I could put five dudes out there from Barnes and 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 they'll get stops against Seton Hall. Well, congratulations, because Mizzou couldn't. <laughs> That's kind of par for the course. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Um, oh, we're fourteen. I have North Carolina. Uh, I have Memphis at fifteen. Who do you, where where do you have North Carolina? Eighteen. Okay, so just okay. Memphis fifteen. They're really good. Yeah. Clemson is sixteen for me. Sixteen is Wisconsin for me. Where do you have Clemson? Twenty. Okay. <laughs> Probably too. Um, I just think they're really good. Yeah. Um, I think they do a lot of good things. They they can really shoot. You know what? I haven't released this yet. I'm moving them up to nineteen. They've improved a ton defensively. Their only loss is a two-point road loss to Memphis where they had the lead for most of the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, they, they lose when allowing the other team to shoot four twenty-six from three. But, like, and I've said this before, Ian Shiflin is the most important player on this team. Yeah. And he was 13, and he was 11 points, 11 rebounds, six assists in this game. He's a star. He is a star, the most maybe the most underrated player in the country right now. Is he in Shifley? They're projected 24 and 7, 14 and 6 in conference. I'm not but, sure. I'm not sure they lose six games. If that's the case. Duke once, Miami twice. Okay, they do have Miami and Carolina twice. Um, they have Duke is on the road. They only have Louisville once. Yeah, Duke on the road. They come to the dome. That's gonna be fun. You get Georgia Tech twice. You have to go to Wake Forest. All right. Yeah, this um, is schedule. 17 is where I have Wisconsin. Okay. I said I have them at uh, 16. Who do you have at 17? Ohio State. Okay. I have them at 24. I like the Buckeyes. I would have had them at like 17 or 18 before the loss to Penn State. They, um, but I mean, like, look, it, winning on the road is tough. I, I have to drop you, though. <laughs> it's a game they should have won. Yeah, it's a game they should have won, but winning on the road is hard. But like, I'm, 18, as I'm, I said, I'm, gl- I'm glad they were able to go to New York, or sorry, not New York, Atlanta on Saturday and win a game that was in the New York. 
Isn't that usually in New York? No, it was just in New York last year. It's they, it's in like New York, Atlanta, Chicago, Indianapolis, like wherever they want it to be. By the way, the most iconic the, next year. the most iconic CBS Sports Classic moment is when Kentucky led forty-one to seven at halftime against UCLA. I would disagree, but I'd put that second. What's number one? When Malik Monk had forty-five against UNC. Okay, that's fair. Um, eighteen. I have Baylor. I have UNC at 18, Clemson at 19. 19, I have BYU. Dawson, the Cougs. Like, I, I kind of same thoughts that I have with them and Baylor. Like, I don't think they'll be this high. But, like, they're fifth in Ken Palm. They're 10-1. Their only loss is a four-point road loss to a good Utah team who is just outside of my top 25. So, like, Can, can we roll out? We we don't. I want to like BYU because like they shoot really well. Love their spacing. By the way, down to forty seventh in three point percentage. But like at the same time, like we can't rule out that BYU is just like a bad team's merchant yet. Total paper tiger. Like, just like beat up on all like, these. I, like I think BYU is a paper tiger, and like I'm not gonna. Be- <laughs> 110 to six. Here are some final scores of BYU games 110 to 63, 105 to 48, 93 to 50, 77 to 49, 85 56, 96 55 against America's team, by the way, and then 86 54. Like they just like crush these. Hey, 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 they 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 beat two good teams NC State and Evansville, no, San Diego State and Evansville. Good. Evansville, by the way. Only losses at Missouri State, at BYU. They're rolling, baby. Nine and two. Don't, under don't forget about the Purple Aces. Aces. Under second-year head coach David Ragland, they won just five games off last year. That's right. You tell the world, Sam. We got to love um, Evansville. I have Evansville at number 20. <laughs> no, I, I have Virginia at number 20. I have Gonzaga at 20. Um, what do you think of Virginia? Offense sucks right now. Yeah. Like, I kind of, the, the, the game that I watched them the most was kind of the game where just, just everything went right offensively. The Syracuse game? Yes. Yeah. And that was also like an outlier because Syracuse defense has been really good this year. Like, yeah. Like, how many times are they going to be able to win scoring 60 points? In conference, I mean, they won scoring sixty-two against Texas Southern, fifty-six against West Virginia, fifty-nine against Texas. They like a solid A&M team, like double digits scoring, not even sixty points. <laughs> Dude, look at Ken Palm at the end of the twenty twenty, like the COVID season. Okay, and like on. look at the scores of those games. Ratings archives, the Virginia games. Yeah, the Virginia games. Right, we'll, the go, we'll go 2020. We'll go like March 18th. That work? No, 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 no. Just like go to their team page. Oh, okay. Hold on. And like just look at the scores of those games. <laughs> they were really good in the second half of the year, from what I remember. It was this. 
disgusting basket. Oh my god. <laughs> 50 to 49. 64, 62, 78, 65, 59. Leave it to BC to allow that team to have 1.3 points per possession. I remember, um, I remember like Lenardi's bracket projection. Like Michigan State was going to draw them in like the second round in like the 3 6 game. And I remember looking at it because I was going to pick Michigan State to win the title. And I was just like, yeah, Michigan State would run circles around this team. And then look at look at the scores at the beginning of the season as well. Wait, they played Syracuse the first game of the year? And they won 48. They 34 points. <laughs> what has happened to our Syracuse Orangemen? <laughs> then look at November 27th. 46-26. You know who Maine could have used in that game? Cooper Flag. No, actually, they could have used Ace Flag. They beat North Carolina 56-47. to what was that? Are, we, are we sure this team was playing the same sport? <laughs> no. What 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 year was that when they um when they had that game against NC State? Oh, that was like no, that was Virginia Tech. That's right. That's right. I think that was 2019. Hold on. Yes, it was. It was 47-24. 47 to 24. Virginia Tech is like had some of the most iconic scores in like the last decade in both zero sports. zero. Yeah, <laughs> the picture of Frank Beamer. By the way, that Virginia Tech team was eighteen and three after that game. Dude, this Virginia Tech team, like Duke, drew them in the Sweet Sixteen, and when the bracket reveal happened, I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> that was that's still the most insane thing I've ever seen. Kerry Blackshear was Kerry <laughs> Blackshear won the Ken Palm MVP of this game. He had thirteen points and thirteen rebounds. NC State scoring leader, CJ Bryce, seven points, <laughs> three of seven from two. I have of six from three. almost zero recollection of CJ Bryce. NC State made two threes, and they attempted twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. That game was five to two ten minutes in. They somehow like took like good care of the basketball in this game, which is like, which like I guess makes sense because Virginia Tech only had forty-seven. <laughs> NC State. There was a twenty-five to three run in the second half. It this, lasted sixteen minutes. This team like came very, very close to making the NCAA tournament. By the way, this NC State team, like oh, they, no, were, they were not a bad team. No, like they were probably like a home win against Georgia Tech. And by the way, that was like a good offensive team. Like they would play fast. They Dude, would they score were 34th a lot. in offensive efficiency. Yeah. And they scored. If you, what happens if you just take out that game? You know, you know what the funniest part about that game is? What? That the next game, they scored 96 points and lost by 17. Yep. I was going to say. It, it, we call that um, regression to the mean. <laughs> that was 
That was a 113 to 96 loss in Chapel Hill to you. Nobody wants to hear us talk about this anymore. <laughs> All right, let's finish these rankings. Who do you have at 21? BYU. I have Colorado. 22? New Mexico. Gonzaga. 23? Iowa State. Iowa State. 24? Colorado State. Ohio State. 25. Virginia. Colorado State. So no Duke for either of us. Yep. No, um, anyone else notable that we left off? No Indiana State for either of us. No Alabama. No, Indiana State, like I thought about, but like couldn't get myself together. Indiana State is like 35 or so for me. For the record, the first team that missed for me was Miss State. Duke. Excited to see them in person against Baylor. Two teams. That's the only game at MSU that night, right? What'd you say? That's the only game that night at MSG, right? Dude, if it, if it weren't the only game at MSG that night, I would be talking a lot more. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else to add? Oh, St. Joe's is really good. I would like to yeah. apologize to Billy Lang on that one. Um, you're, you were right. I was wrong, Billy. Did he he's like say before the year that they were going to be good? No, it's just that I said they were going to be bad. I see. I had them seventh in the conference. Well, it is the no-bid league. I think they are the number one team in that conference right now. I'd agree. Dayton's like 40th in Ken Palm, but like, no. Um, St. Joe's is better. Any thoughts on Nebraska on Sunday whooping Kansas State on the road? Um... Jerome Tang reality check type year. I can't believe I nailed this Nebraska team, man. No, we did. Like, where where did you have them? Tony! Where did you have them? A little bit lower than you. I didn't like them at like 44, and they're 43rd in Ken Palm right now. Like, I really like them. I mm-hmm. really like them. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. Um, I missed on Kansas State. Totally. Yeah, I did too. But I will be claiming Mulligan because they have not had a guy who I thought was going to be all-conference caliber. Yeah. It just totally changes the complexion of what their lineups look like. Holy cow, how did I miss it since he lost by 14 to Dayton? Yeah, no, Dayton. Dayton's good. Dayton's good since he's not. TCU um, is eight and one. They still haven't beaten anybody. They have no wins against the Ken Palm top 100 right now. Yep. Texas. No, but UCLA. UCLA doesn't have any wins against the Ken Palm top 250. Hey, UC Riverside's 250 now. Sorry, they don't have any wins against the Ken Palm top 249. <laughs> They play Maryland this week, and that game is just going to go like UCLA might win, but it's just going to be like total opposite of what it was last year. I've watched Adaimara for that team. Is there a more disappointing freshman 
just like in terms of what we expected, the two of us? I mean, yeah, probably. John Vide because he can't get off the bench. That's different. Like, Mara's been on the court and been genuinely bad. Yeah, I know. Like, that guy is so slow. He is kind of just blocking shots, doing nothing else. He's not even playmaking. Like, his, he's got a 15% assist rate. Like, like come on, man. I, like, don't know what happened either because they look so good against Marquette. He, he's just slow. Like they looked, they looked good in, in Maui. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't really go there expect. Like I didn't really expect them to go there and beat anyone good. But like, I mean, they looked bad against Lafayette and like that stuff. Yeah, but like maybe we should have known. I thought they, when they, I thought, I thought they looked the part in our game. Thirty-one. Huh? Maybe we should have known when they only beat St. Francis by thirty-one. Any thoughts on the? Fighting Cody Williams. They're really good. Cody Williams is good. They won a lot of home games, conference, struggle on the road. They are best. I think I said this uh, at some point. They are best when they're moving the ball. <laughs> they have a lot of guys at a lot of different positions that are athletic and can really play. But what takes them to the next level as a team is the ability to move the ball with KJ Simpson at a point. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, I got nothing else. All right. See you next time. See you next time. Hopefully, by the way, when could that be? Sometime later this week. What are we thinking? Late Thursday night, maybe? That should work. Like a like midnight? Yeah, that, that could work. Midnight Thursday night? You can catch us right here on Brackets, Bubbles, and Bits Dealers.